2: Talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel.
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wegovy or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com weightloss weight loss.
3: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're back for another episode. Just a reminder that you can find all of our brand new resource guides on our Teachers Pay Teachers account. So if you need to check that out, go to our Instagram and you can find the link there. There we go.
1: So today on the podcast, we have Janine Harvey Northrup and Megan Quayar, who are the founders of slp to slp which we are going to hear about today and how that community started and really what their goals are. So we're so excited to have them on our show today. Thank you guys for coming.
2: Thank you for having
1: us. We're happy to be here. Absolutely. So- if you guys just want to quickly tell us, um you can go one by one because I know we have both of you on here, which we're so happy to have you both. Um if you both just want to tell us a little bit about your background and a little bit about yourselves.
0: Yeah. So I'll go first. Um I started as an SLP interested in work on the medical side. And so um as I trained, I was I was totally child and infant focused did a thesis with infant vocalizations and was all um, ready to go and then as it happens with many i suspect i did a a rotation in a medical setting and realized oh all of my life goals are changing and shifting and how brilliant but wow i need to realign with where i thought i was going in the career so i uh, jumped across the street to a level one trauma center in memphis tennessee and it was serving tri-state area, and so it was also a teaching hospital for the University of Tennessee, and you can yeah. imagine there, there, we had an amazing uh, spectrum of opportunity for training and for provision of care. So I started in uh, inpatient rehab, moved to uh, level one trauma, neurotrauma, trauma step down, different medical ICUs, and it was through that process that I developed questions about some of what we were able to do and some of what I thought we might be interested in doing as speech language pathologists in a medical setting in the future, particularly mm-hmm. around dysphagia and difficult
1: mm-hmm.
0: swallowing. Um, And so I ended up going back to train at the University of Tennessee again uh, for a PhD. And I got into neuro and and understanding how the brain and different neural networks can lead to the skill sets that we're able to generate on a daily basis. And by extension, how do we leverage those neural resources Mm -hmm. to go beyond what we've done therapeutically in the past to really um, capitalize on certain neuronal properties in the brain? So. I got into the neuro side of things and moved into academia and was a professor and a researcher for a number of years Mm -hmm. at different institutions, um, both private and public universities, most recently in the Cal State University system, and then uh, found an opportunity to transition again. And so now I'm in this space of partnering with different universities, doing some research and some teaching, also working clinically through telehealth and now um, found myself in an entrepreneurial space in another attempt to uh, answer or provide support in an area where there looks like there might be a gap. Awesome.
1: SLPs are so cool. Like every, I know. <laughs>
0: every time we talk to, well, I, I guess I'm talking about myself too. But
1: <laughs> I sound like I'm like a fangirl here, but truly every time we talk to SLPs and getting to know different worlds and different backgrounds of different people who are all in speech pathology, Rachel and I are just like,
3: We Um, always say, I can't believe we all have the same degree. Right. Right. Like I could do what you do, but like, could I, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not even in that space. Absolutely. It's just so cool to hear about. <laughs> I love it.
2: Believe me, we think the same about pediatric SLPs. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll never forget my first pediatric client it was a little four-year-old who um had a stutter, and I just remember being under the table with him and thinking, "This is not for me." <laughs> <laughs> See,
3: and that's like our sweet spot. Like yeah, I, would I be a two-year-old yeah. all
2: day, all day, all day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um so I'm I'm Janine And I, my journey in speech language pathology began very early on. Um, I was raised, my mom is a rehab nurse. And so I thought I wanted to be a PT. And then, uh, I had a volunteer experience in high school where I worked with a pediatric client who was born with no eyes and could not hear. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is incredible. This, the work that they are doing is incredible. So at first I thought I wanted to be a pediatric SLP. And then I had a very dear friend in a very tragic accident who lost, um, a whole part of his brain and, uh, we were planning his funeral. We did not think he was going to survive. And he was then pulled off of life support and he survived. And my mom brought him, he was a good friend. My mom brought him into her rehab hospital and I heard him say his first words. And I, that was it that was it. I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. That was my calling. Um, and so I, I really knew, you know, in my journey through my master's program, uh, that I wanted to do research. I wanted to look at clinical research. What are we doing? What is the evidence behind it? What can we do more of do better? Uh, and so I started out really in my senior year, my undergrad, Being really interested, curious, very similar to Megan. I had all these questions that I wanted to answer going into graduate school. And as as we just discussed, you know, learning the breadth of our field, which is tremendous. Uh, and then and immediately went on to my PhD because I knew that there were so many questions that I wanted to be able to explore and investigate. And so I then uh, went to the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, which is where Megan and I met um, it, to examine uh, cognition and language and the brain and aging. And so uh, Megan and I are kind of two sides to the same coin. Uh, so she studies what happens in the brain. And I study the behaviors that happen because of it. And we, uh, we kind of flip and we're the perfect match for each other uh, in that sense. And so everything that I've done has been driven by that clinical piece. Uh, And my experience is more in the skilled nursing facilities. I have some acute care um, experience, but it's really more intensive rehab uh, and skilled nursing, uh, skilled nursing facility experience as well. And then I graduated and of course um, went to a university. I'm at a public university now and have been for years. I love it. I love being able to do clinical research, engaging the community, engaging uh, other SLPs, think, asking what are the questions that they have? What are, what are we doing on the evidence-based side and the research side to examine those questions and explore that? What types of resources do we have for it? Um, and, and being able to teach our, our up-and-coming graduate students as well. Um, it's really refreshing and invigorating every single time I run a protocol or we run a protocol together, uh, and then gain gain all of that feedback. So it's really this tremendous experience to get to uh, and privilege to get to explore the questions uh, that we have clinically and share that information uh, with others. So it's it's a great it's a great uh, a great job. <laughs> I love
3: that. I feel like I can feel your passion like radiating through this conversation which is amazing. Um so I guess shifting the focus from to SLP to SLP how did you guys get started? Like how did the idea get rolling? Like what are your goals for the program? What is it?
0: Yeah, so um I'll start and Janine you you and I go back and forth pretty well together but the idea evolved over time. So what began as an effort to, we both do clinical work, and we both do the work that we do supports clinicians, and we hope that clinicians are able to access that work. And the first thing we realized was that SLPs were not Either didn't have access, or there weren't means to go to these articles and find protocols that we had published with some of the work that we had done, and that became really frustrating because we thought, "What are we doing? Why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't need other people to hear me in my my specific area, you know. And in the academic side, I want this to reach people." So, we began to explore uh, publishing open access. And there became some tension between where the funds coming from, you know, just like other um, educational and healthcare institutions, funding can be problematic. It can be scarce. And we could not really find funds to publish open access so that anybody could, you know, Google the article and find the clinical protocol that we were trying to develop or refine. And so we would present at ASHA and other conferences and, you know, SLPs would be like, you know, where do I get that? And we didn't have an answer for that, so then we we're like grabbing people's emails. I'm like, just give me your email, and then I'll email you the protocol. And it was a sort of like one-on-one kind of handoff, and we just started talking about, wouldn't it be great if we could do this in a way that was centralized and accessible, and also empowered and encouraged other people to share what they're creating because we have, you know limited ways to access this, especially just for SLPs. So we started talking about it. And uh, we started exploring the space. And I'm sure everybody's familiar with Teachers Pay Teachers. I know I am as a parent, I've downloaded content to help my child, you know, like, it's funny, Mm -hmm. because I'll, I'll be in a we all have teacher conferences and I'll come in as the SLP parent. So it's, you know, two sides of the same point. And on one hand, my husband will make fun of me because I'll have the pen ready to go. And I'm like, let's go, let's do this. You <laughs> go ahead and do the compliment sandwich and just tell me the space we're going to stretch oh, yeah. it. And by the end of it, you know, we get into that best friends place from I'm like, I'm going to go to teachers pay teachers. I'm going to download a couple of things. We'll get in that curriculum because there are spaces to stretch as, as parents, we can support that. Mm-hmm. Then I can support And so I started going as a parent to that site. And then I began um, thinking about at the same time, what about speech language pathology, started searching some resources there. There are over 1500 resources that are up in speech language pathology, amazing content, guides to practice. Um, guides to prepping for the Praxis exam, forms, um, even recommendation letter formats, and I mean, for sure, things that I wouldn't even consider as resources in addition to treatment and assessment resources. And so I started talking with Janine about how do we how do we create something for ourselves? You know, where we're not sifting through, we're not searching, and we can all go there and be together and support each other in a number of ways. And so uh, that's where the idea began. Um, Janine, you have anything to
2: add there? I think you really captured it. You know, and it and it, and as re, as clinical researchers, we love exploring and creating, just like we described. But to create evidence base, to establish evidence base for a program, it mm-hmm. takes about eighteen to twenty years, and we don't have eighteen to twenty years. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we need something right now, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. and so then it kind of became this conversation of not just how do we share what we're doing but how do we facilitate others getting to share what they're doing yeah. and such tremendous work that is evidence based look they you know pulling in these different amazing resources looking at what's a practice guide and a practice option and giving those examples you know we don't um necessarily we're not we're not able to do that via other opportunities right now but if we had a space as a community where we could come together and say oh look at this material that I created for this specific program well now that's very different and and we're all speaking that SLP language that makes that makes sense to us we get it right and so it really allowed us to create a space hopefully where SLPs can come and have those discussions and feel welcome and that's the idea.
1: Well, it's genius. And it gets me so excited because I mean, we've Rachel and I both use Teachers Pay Teachers on the daily Mm -hmm. and have been (laughs) since grad school. Like that's how I feel like we have created our, um, or centralized around our treatment, right. Is, oh, go to Teachers Pay Teachers. They probably have something, but it really is teacher focused and it's grade specific, which, you know, school SLPs have to have to have that piece of it too. But I think it's incredible. And I can't believe we haven't, we don't have that space for just SLPs to come with just that goal of speech pathology and speech treatment. Um, I just, I think it's so cool. It's absolute, absolutely an amazing idea.
3: And I feel like it really helps out like, right. I'm in education and private practice with pediatrics. Like I do feel like the um pool of resources on Teachers Pay Teachers is much wider for me mm-hmm. than it is like the SLP that's in acute or rehab or sniff or whatever it is. Um, I feel like those resources are way smaller. So this is like the perfect tool to kind yeah. of bring all of that together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. Um, so can you guys talk to us about the fact that SLPs are becoming these content creators? Because I think it's incredible how much, especially I feel like anyway, in the last few years, it may even be longer than that, but um, we've really developed as a field in terms of creating our own content and creating content for purchase. Um, So can you talk to us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We, first of all, let me start off by saying, I would venture to say that SLPs have always been content creators. Good point. (laughs) We, we just didn't, give ourselves the credit for being the content creators, right? Because everything Mm -hmm. we do is modified for every client. No client's the same with, with the same strengths and challenges and needs and what's functional. All of those elements are different and unique to every single client. So we cater each and tailor each intervention to them. So we're, we've always been content creators. I think what, what COVID did was, was gave us, um, uh, you know, as unfortunate and horrific as it was in many ways, it gave us an opportunity to stretch our capabilities in telepractice, which forced us to create content that then could be uploaded Mm -hmm. and then could be used. And now we can say, oh, wait a minute, I've created this and it's already digitized, right? That's different than I have, you know, my super duper cards, and I'm going to pull those out, you know, and that's a different and and we love super duper, um, of course, but that wasn't and they did a good job actually of putting things online too. there right. were a number of amazing right. um, companies that did that for us, but really forced us to take what we were already doing and digitize it, which gave us the opportunity to then share it in a much easier fashion. So um, so I think that we're at a really interesting time now where we've had this huge boom of telepractice and skills, stretching our technology knowledge, which we didn't all have in the same way, um, becoming educators for technology in a very different way. You know, Zoom is different than an AAC device and having an AAC device on Zoom Interact is all different, right? And so that was a whole, we became little IT people too, um, and so that allowed us to then be, better be able to inform each other, our families, our patients themselves. Uh, and it really added some tools to our toolbox in, a, toolbox in an unexpected way. Uh, and that now we're, now we're kind of seeing this evening out of, okay, we're kind of back in person, but we're also, we have this new service uh, that we're we're continuing to provide in many pockets of the United States. Um, and so what does that look like? And so it's allowed uh, this greater content to, to be able to be shared. Yeah.
0: I think the other thing that I would say is that um, as we've evolved as a field, I look to those who are new to the field who are continuing to, to develop the field and drive the field. And what I've noticed, not only through students that I work with, but through, you know, clinicians who are growing and and hitting stride in practice there is a lot of proliferation of information. There are blogs, there are podcasts. There's, I think the same intention is shared across all different channels and media. It's to support, it's to connect, it's to empower, it's to create. Yeah. And I think it's just a natural evolution in our field that we wanted to be a part of.
3: Yeah. I love that for sure. So I feel like I've heard every single person on this like conversation say how big our field is, right? There's always like new and emerging areas, um, a focus of study. So how are you really ensuring that that is going to be like equally represented across SLP to SLP? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I think right now we're interested in anyone everything if somebody has content listed with teachers pay teachers or has content on their site or you know in their store there are different stores that people are hosting I know um, digitally as well we would love to just make sure everybody's tribes are represented so to speak Mm -hmm. and you know for us we can we can support in our areas but as we've spoken to before we're not specialized in working with pediatrics we're not specialized in the school setting and frankly I think that they're some of the most creative brilliant resilient innovative therapists out there and so really hoping to span the gamut in terms of lifespan and specialty Um, The other side is, in addition to the big nine, which, you know, the big nine areas that we all test in and we all work within, and to speak to the newer emerging areas, you know, trauma-informed work is really important, and I think that it's a space that I'm doing some study in and some work in, and I know others are as well. If We think about the experience of a communication difficulty, having a child with communication difficulties, having a spouse or a parent with a progressive degenerative disease or a sudden change in their function um, from a communication or swallowing perspective, that is a traumatic experience in and of itself in a number of ways. I'm not saying the entire process is traumatic, but certainly we pivot, we respond, we navigate these these systems that are not necessarily set up with the best resources all the time. I mean, this mm-hmm. is education and healthcare. We're all trying to figure out how to support and how to wrap around and in doing so, I see this for within the trauma-informed domain as how do we support SLPs? Because they're on all day, every day. They pour themselves into the people that they're clinically serving and working with. And we need to make sure that they are taken care of and they are supported. And I think that trauma-informed approach can actually be really helpful for establishing you know, emotional, psychosocial, physical safety and well-being as we continue to work for those that we serve clinically and also those that are navigating the space as our students, as our clients, as our patients, the families and caregivers of those individuals, all of us working grounded in a space of establishing that zone of safety and wellness as central to the work that we do together and the relationships that we build, I think can be really impactful and informative. Ugh, informative. Yeah yeah absolutely. i also um you know we have people in areas that are specialists that are still continuing to evolve so feeding breastfeeding support um areas of transgender you know voice affirming work areas with cultural humility courts with cultural competence uh, competence excuse me so there are a number of emerging areas that we need to be sure have adequate space have voice have touch points and resources that can support clinicians not just how do you remediate x how do you assess y right how do we do this within the scope of a trauma-informed approach how do we do this in a culturally responsive way that helps the individual feel safe and seen right
1: right and that's really that call to action piece right is making sure that we are representing and supporting all slps right
2: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely
2: And we design, we very purposefully, and we will invite, of course, everyone to join SLP to SLP mm-hmm. because we want feedback. Um, we, you know, we've made a number of pretty immediate quick changes of things because you can search um, key terms. You can search if you're looking for adolescents, adults, you can search um, any of the big nine plus any of those areas that were just described. Uh, mm-hmm. There, there are key terms and they are searchable. And we did that on purpose mm-hmm. because we want people to easily be able to capture, I'm looking for something for adolescents and gender affirming care, or I'm looking for trauma informed care for pediatrics, right? We, we want people to be able to, um, Uh, cross key across those key terms and in terms of what their uh, materials what groups their materials might serve because that's that's the key you know I don't want to just put it in the the Google search term, I want to be able to actually look for it specifically because it is specific. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some of our initial uh, feedback gave us some of that information, which was such good feedback for us to say, oh, we're missing these pieces. And so only through the SLPs informing us, we can make those, those updates. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about
1: where people can find you when people can find you what's your all's timeline so we're so that our listeners know we're in april of 2023 so if you guys are going to drop any dates just i guess make sure we know just in case people are listening after the fact but um yeah what's how can people find you how can people start using this resource
2: Great. So we have a number of different uh, resources that are part of our SLP to SLP community. So first, we want to invite everyone to just join SLP to SLP.com and to follow our socials. And that, of course, is all free to begin communicating and contributing to the community. Our socials are Facebook SLP to SLP. Our Facebook group is SLP to SLP community. Uh, We're on Instagram at we are SLP to SLP and TikTok at we are SLP to SLP. Uh, And we invite everyone to join and to post content. Uh, And as we all know, there's no content too great or too small. (laughs) We all can use it all. (laughs) Um, And and if you have things posted in other places, we invite you to of course, cross post as well. Um, As you mentioned earlier, you know, it's it's so wonderful that there are SLP uh, materials on Teachers Pay Teachers. So teachers do have access to it because that's really fantastic and parents. Um, and so this is an opportunity to share it with SLP specific groups to get feedback and to engage in different ways. So we do invite just because we've posted one place you can post here as well. Uh, it's all about really sharing that resource and, and trying to support one another. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm proud of you guys for doing TikTok. Rachel and I have I was just going to say- That yet. <laughs> listen,
3: we've made like four reels total in our like social media life. Hard. And the, I mean, you put in work. It is it's not really, easy.
0: <laughs> it is not. I actually was just, um, my brother-in-law is better at this than I am. And he was sitting there with the camera and he's like, what about this corner? So I found myself for one of the videos. I'm in the entryway. And I'm on this couch in the entryway, which is totally not set up to be gathering. And then he's like, you know, put this, put this, hang this picture here. So I'm like holding up this picture and he's like taking the shot. And the whole time I, I oscillated between like, I feel so glamorous and also, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> What's the weirdest feeling?
3: Yeah. You guys are brave. (laughs) You're brave. So shout out to you for that. (laughs) I love that.
1: Well, anything else that you guys want to leave our listeners with? We, we so appreciate all of your knowledge and especially your initiative to bring this resource forth for SLPs. I think it's going to be so important for everyone moving forward in our field.
0: I think the thing that I would ask is, um, we've had a lot of members join, Mm-hmm. which is amazing, mm-hmm. but we also wanna showcase the brilliance of our colleagues. And yeah. so I think that's the biggest space for us growth-wise, the phase mm-hmm. that we're in is, is looking at what you have and what you're willing to put out there. And mm-hmm. and we sure would love it if if you consider doing it in our space as well as we continue to to build this community together.
2: And we do have some fun things coming. As you mentioned earlier, uh, May is uh, Better Speech and Hearing Month. So it is our month to shine. (laughs) We will have our newsletter coming out at the beginning of the month. We're also going to have some additional posts on social, of course, to Um, gather information, share information. um, And we invite everyone to please contact us, post, post back to us uh, different areas you would like to see more, post what you have at SLP to SLP. We'd love to highlight uh, that work as well. Uh, so we have we have some great and exciting things coming up for the the year, the coming year, as we're planning um, what kind of content we want to make sure that is out there in the in the summer and the coming holidays, as we're all getting ready for that across the many different facilities that we work in. Uh, so we're excited. We're excited to be on this journey. And similar to you guys, when you started your podcast back in the pandemic days, yeah. you know, it was like the new frontier, right? <laughs> um, so we're excited to. To be here and learn and grow with the community as well. Absolutely.
1: Well, we thank you guys so much and we will have all of SLP to SLP socials um, linked in our show notes. So guys, make sure you take a look at those and make sure you follow and contribute to this wonderful resource. We really appreciate you guys. Thank
3: you. Thanks.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
3: All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me Rachel on Instagram at super sweet speech or on my website. Speech is super
1: And you can find me Claire on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or on Facebook on kindly speech. And then you can email Rachel and I, if you have any questions or concerns, we are let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. Thanks.